beautiful people of the universe. How's everybody doing today? My name is Elizabeth Danielle Pujadas and you are listening to Shine Brighter with Liz, a podcast on personal growth and lifestyle development. I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you for listening in. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome, welcome, welcome. In season three, I'm doing something very different where I'm combining a little bit of season one and a little bit of season two. So in between segments, I'm having more of a raw talk and also having guests that I still believe are lighthouses in the world. Today's guest is a very special one. Her name is Maria Lagarda and Maria is an actress, a content creator, an entrepreneur, a philanthropist, a dancer, a singer, a sister, you know, a girlfriend. She's many things, right? She's a friend. But more than anything, guys, I truly believe that she's a lighthouse. These are the kind of people I want to have conversations with and this conversation truly inspired me so much to get out there to really live your life and to really create content to whatever you're passionate about screw fear and go for it full force we talked a lot about content creating her journey of being an actress her faith therapy losing her best friend her brother being in the darkest of moments how to find the light um, and how really god shows up in your life when it's tested so without further ado, I'm so excited for you guys to listen to this incredible episode with Maria. All right, we are recording. I'm so excited, Maria, to have you on the podcast today. How are you doing? Thank you. <laughs> it's going so good. I'm really excited to be on it. I remember when I first heard your podcast and I was like, oh my God, I freaking love this. I want to do this. And then you hit me up and I was like, oh, I'm honored. Ah, you're so cute. I'm honored. I'm honored. Okay. So. First and foremost, I want, I'm sure a lot of people already know who you are, but I want my audience to know who you are. So let everybody know who you are and what were you like as a kid? What did you want to be when you grew up? And what's been your journey from childhood to kind of where you are now? Okay. So my name is Maria Lagarda and I am an actress, content creator, and a businesswoman, honey, because you got to be both nowadays. Can't just be one thing, but um, yeah. So, what was I like, like a kid? Oh my god, I feel like this is something my parents should possibly answer, <laughs> because they'll give you a long version of it. But um, I was a very artistic kid. Like from the moment I was very little, I just always was in love, in love with the arts. Um, my parents will literally tell you the epic family story that. Anytime we had guests over, I literally would greet them at the door and start talking to them because I always just loved communication. I don't know, like being able to communicate with other people, especially older people was definitely something that I was very good at and I loved. And the most, also another epic story is I fell in love with acting, I think when I was like seven years old and I saw a Coca-Cola commercial and I remember watching it and just being so blown away because this girl was walking in and seeing all the camera movements and like every guy was like staring at her and it really turned out on because she's like super hot because she had a Coke in her hand, but she made this like facial expression. And I was like, I would like make the facial expression like over and over. And my parents were like, that's when we knew you were not trying to do anything else other. Like, I think that's when my little heart fell in love with acting, but I didn't know it. And ever since then, I just did everything. I did pageants. I did dancing, makeup. Like my parents were just like, you didn't care for anything else that had to do with, um, that wasn't that. So I did that. And then my parents moved to the States when I was like nine years old. And we, like, I just lived a very regular, I went to school, I was in middle school and I always knew I liked the arts. I was a dancer, but I knew I didn't want to dance forever. Like I knew that at 18, I had to make a decision whether I wanted to go on tour with artists or what I would do. And I was like, okay, I don't want to study dancing in college. I don't want to go on tour with artists. It doesn't really 
impress me. At that time, I was, like, performing with my brother because he was already an artist, and I was, like, I would be performing with him, and I was, like, I would only want to dance, like, for my brother's shows, you know what I mean? But I really don't care to do this for anyone else. And I was, like, um, I was, like, I don't know. So then that's when I was, like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'll figure it out. I was, like, 18, and then I graduated. I was, no, I was getting ready to graduate high school, and I took an acting class. My brother was the one who literally was who introduced me to acting. I think he's really, really the person that started my acting career because he was like, he was taking an acting class at the time. He was like, why don't you come to acting? And I was like, sure, I've never tried it. And I did it. And I just like fell in love. It was like love at first sight. Like literally like the world stopped. And the teacher pulled me aside and was like, hey, like you, this is your first class. I was like, yeah. He's like, you should really pursue this. And it was kind of like the little strength I needed in the moment because I was like, oh my God, like for real. Right. So, um, that's when I decided to go with acting and I just, I started doing it and so I stopped. Your parents, you said your parents moved to the States. So where were you born? Colombia. Oh, so you were born and you were raised in Colombia? Yeah. Until I was nine. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. So you were raised. Yeah. And then you said yeah. you to your brother. So was your, so what was your brother? Like, what did he do? He was a singer. Like, what was yeah, he- yeah, yeah. So yeah, he was an artist. He was a singer. Um, reggaetonero and yeah he he did all that so he's one he's the first one who started like the like the art career in our family he was doing it like before I was doing mine and so that really like opened my eyes up to like okay like my parents fully supported him and like you know if I want to do something in the arts like I know I could do it so he definitely set the bar and the example and like his work ethic I just knew and like my parents always just instilled his work ethic of like whatever it is that you're going to do, we'll support it. But you do have to go to college, no matter what, you got to graduate. Like whatever the hell you do, you got to graduate college because we didn't bring you here for you to not graduate college. So I just knew that no matter what, I had to graduate college. And I knew I had to work really, really hard because my parents were not with the shits. Like, they, <laughs> sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss. No, you're, you're good, you're good. So um, they were just like, you better work hard. Like you got to work hard. Because that's just like my mom and dad, we came to the United States with like absolutely no money at all. We didn't speak English at all. My mom and dad didn't speak English. My dad worked in construction. My mom worked cleaning hotels and they were able to build a company and do very, very well for themselves, you know, get papers and build a company and be completely financially independent and give us, you know, pay for our colleges, pay for our cars, you know, things that we were so blessed to have. So my mom and dad just always like really instilled this mentality of like, we did things that were way harder, you know what I mean? Than, Mm -hmm. than anything. So you guys have no excuse not to follow your dreams, not to go really hard and not to kill it at everything because we didn't even, you know, I just always looked at them as like, dang, like they did all that to get me here. Like I have to be great. You know, like there is no way I can do anything that's mediocre. Like anything I do, I got to go hard. So that was just like my biggest inspiration. It's like, coming from very humble beginnings, like literally like eating McDonald's because that's all we could afford. And like, you know, just very humble beginnings to where my parents were able to build was just like all the inspiration to be like, okay, no matter what I do, I just work hard. Like it's not harder than what my parents had to do. You know, I speak the language. I have my papers, you know, like my parents had to, like we got our papers, but like, you know, that was a whole process. That was like scary, you know, everything that goes into that. Um, Not knowing you know, what was going to be, they couldn't speak the language. They didn't have money. They didn't, their education wasn't valid in the United States and they were able to become entrepreneurs themselves and run a company. It just really made me, um, yeah, it was just like what pushed me to 
do everything. Right. Like you have that as one of your like whys and your motivations. So then you moved, your family moved where to Atlanta or? Yeah, we moved to Atlanta. We moved, we were first in Miami for like a month. And like, it was just because my mom had friends there. My mom and dad had friends there, but they didn't want to raise their kids there. And then they got the job, they got a job opportunity in Atlanta. So then we moved to Atlanta and I grew up in Atlanta and everything. And then it was funny. It was like, Acting, I always feel like acting was definitely something that I feel like I was meant to be doing because then the industry started in Atlanta, you know, which was crazy. So it really allowed me to like grow and like really get in there and start and understand it in Atlanta. So then let's talk about your journey as an actress. So then you decided, okay, this is what I want to do. What did you start doing? Did you go to college for acting? Like what was your, Mm -hmm. what was your, like, what was your So, okay. So I was like 19 and I was like, great, I'm doing this. All right. What do I have to do? <laughs> I was like, so I knew I had to train, right? Because I knew, like I told you, my parents were very big on like, whatever you do, you got to go hard. And my brother instilled in me that any craft that you take, you got to master it. Right. Mm-hmm. So it takes 10,000 hours to be a master of your craft. So I was like, great. I got to start now so I can master <laughs> this craft. <laughs> and so I was like, all right. So I, I started I started going to Rob Mello acting studio and that's when I really feel like I started as an actress. I took the Meisner technique and I was going to college, um, but I wasn't studying acting. I didn't want to study. I never wanted to go to college for acting. Um, I started college for business, quickly <laughs> dropped that off <laughs> when I couldn't pass. Like I failed algebra twice and then I couldn't pass jump. It was like a whole mess. This is the funniest story. I call my, my dad crying. I'm like, I didn't show up. I went to my final and I sat there and I was like, this is so dumb. I, this doesn't even make sense to me. I call my dad crying and I'm like, dad, I'm just not meant to be in business school. Like, and he was like, I think you're right. You know what? Don't even finish that final. Just come home and you should be a journalist or you should do something <laughs> that you love. And I was like, thanks dad. And so like, I literally just like got a zero on the final and but my parents were so cool. Like they were just always like, no, you gotta, you gotta do what you love and what's good for you. So if you're not going to go to college for acting, which great, don't do it. If you don't want to, and you want to do something else do. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, okay, what else do I love? I loved journalism. So I went to school for journalism and the whole time I was in school, I worked as a server in a restaurant. Um, so I could, you know, pay for my life. Mm -hmm. And I, trained as an actress like full time I was in every class you could think of like busting my ass and I was a full-time student so I was literally doing it all um and then I um got I was like you know I was working in college and I would you know I booked my first job and I was like great you know but I still had to pay more stuff like I had to pay bills and things like that and I was like okay great like I'm gonna keep on working as a server so I just worked as a server and when I graduated college I is so crazy. Like, this is like the craziest thing to me because I literally was like, this is where content creation started. I went to LA for a callback and I, there was this, uh, there was this content creator, Tonyo, who was doing it. And he was like, he's killing it. He's like, he started my content creation. And I just DM'd him. I used to love his kids. And I was like, Hey, like, I still love his kids. I was like, Hey, um, an actress like met, I've never met this guy he has over a million followers he's like two million followers I was like hey um do you need an actress for one of your skits like I'm a real actress <laughs> you need someone and he was like yeah come through I was like for real like okay so then I did it and I was like um I took the 
I, I did my first skit and he, and he was just like, look, dude, like you're really good. You can create content and you know, you can be like financially independent creating content and make money so you can pursue your dream. And I was like, wait, so like I can create content and get paid a lot of money to be creative and be able to pursue acting. Like I don't have to be a server. He was like, yeah, you can do that. And I was like, Oh, so that like inspired me to create content. Like one, just like, I just loved it. I loved the idea of like literally just making these characters and all these ideas that I had in my head and just like bringing them to life and like, and like doing what I loved. So I was like, okay. So I got back home and I was like, it was so funny because I was like, I felt all these fears. And you right. can tell me if I'm rambling too much. Seriously, no, no, no. You're not rambling. <laughs> okay. No, I you want can. you to talk. Like, this is, this is what, and maybe I should have told you, like, in the beginning, I'm, I'm listening to you. You know, I'm just listening. Okay, just tell and me. So just is, tell and, me. No, and so is everybody that's listening to the podcast. Like, I promise <laughs> you're doing so good. Okay, okay, guys. Let me show. Okay. Um, so, so um, okay, so you felt fear. I came back home and I was like, okay, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. So I came back home and I was like, I was like, I got home and I was like, wow, that was so dope. I, I did my first skit with him and he dropped it and I gained like 2000 followers or something. And I was wow. like, oh, this is, this is cool. I had like six, 5,000 followers at that time. So I was like, oh, this is cool. And then I was like, damn, I really loved creating content. Like I want to do it. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start. I'm just going to start doing it. But at that point it was never like the idea of like, wait, I could be, I could quit my, my serving job and do this. You know, it was never like, I didn't really know if that was actually something I could do. So I started creating content. Like, Oh my God, my first skit is actually on my Instagram. You should watch it. And I had no idea what I was doing. Like it was just so new. I mean, I just came from doing it with like a professional who like literally did this as a living act a camera guy and everything and I was like all right I gotta find what's funny and so I remember being so scared I would call my brother and I'd be like Fab, what if this is so dumb and I'm not funny and I just think I'm funny and like literally everybody like this girl is lame as hell so I was like mortified I was like oh my god and he was like I don't know if I'm allowed to cousin here he was like man he was like, fuck it. Like, you just got to do it. Like, who gives a fuck? Like, regardless, you're going to do it. You're going to put yourself out there and you just got to kill it. And you know what? You're going to just get better. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, you'll learn and you'll find what works for you. He's like, study. He always just told me, like, study anybody who you admire and learn from them. And I was like, okay. So I would just, like, look at my content creators and I'd be like, what, what are they doing? Like, how does this work? Because it was a whole new world for me. I knew how to act. I never had any content creation. It's a different acting, you know? It's not as like, like my first one, when I did my first video, he was like, that was really great for an actor. You need to be like over the top. And I was like, got it. So content creation is just like a sitcom, like a, like an overdramatic Spanish telenovela, really. Oh, it's over and, the top? Um, yes, for sure. For sure. It's not always, but it's definitely more heightened. You have really like, people don't really like minute long videos. Like you got like 30 seconds to just hit, you know what I'm saying? Right. So I just had to learn all of that. So I'm working at the restaurant and creating content. I'm like loving it. I'm like, okay, I'm falling in love with it. I'm growing, I'm growing. Then I decide to, I'm like, okay, well, I got to throw myself in it. I got to go to New York. I'm not New York. I got to go to LA and I'm just going to throw myself in the environment. It's like at that point I had to like, maybe, I think I came back with like, mm, I got up to 10,000 followers, right? 
And I was like, okay, like I, if I go to LA, I just got to do it. And I got to collab with everybody and just grow. And I was like, I don't know anyone. All I know is Tonio, but I don't know anyone, but I know I want to do this. So I literally came to LA. I stayed at my friend's place, like her studio. She was like, sleep in my bed. Don't even worry about it. And it was solely like, I was like, if I get an audition, great. If I don't, I'm just working on content. So I just literally threw myself to content and it was more of like nobody in LA knew me like none of the big dogs knew me at all they were just like okay like so Tonio brought me under his wing kind of and started introducing me to everybody but like I still wasn't brave enough to like shoot my own ideas so all I did was I would be at every single shoot they had if they were like hey we're gonna shoot tomorrow at 7am I'd be like great I'm there even if it was just as an extra because I just wanted to learn I was like I just need to learn and so these people these content creators just kind of started seeing me as extremely reliable, which is like very rare in the creative world. And they just really started respecting me. And I started just like, I learned, I just threw myself in it. And I was so uncomfortable because I didn't know them. They were like 100,000 followers, 300,000 followers, millions of followers. And I have like my little 10,000 followers, right? So I would do these skits with them and I would just be in their skits. And they started just really liking me as a person because they were like, you know, you're real, you're genuine. Like, this is awesome. And I started vibing with them and we made friendships and I just kept on being in their stuff. I, w- I didn't, I went to LA and I didn't really do my own skits at all. I was just all on their stuff and I would post their stuff on mine. And I doubled my following the first month just from working. Like first month I had 20,000 followers. I was like, great. So I kept on going with, um, content creation and I, I've built, I've, I made friends and people that like, you know, allowed me to be in those, these circles because I was just like, I was just there. So it's like every time people ask me about content creation, I'm like, you just got to throw yourself in these environments. Some people might curve you. Yes. Some people might treat you badly or just be like, oh, you're nobody. Guess what? Like I've seen those people now and they act very differently towards me. You know what I mean? Talking about, can I want to collab on something? You know, like it's just part of life. It's, it's a truth. It's just part of life, but like just always, you know, work on it. So I went to LA, I grew, I learned a lot about content creation. I learned about what works, what doesn't work, how, what I need, what my brand is. And I came back and I was like, I was like, oh my God, like, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like I, I knew I was at the, I knew I was at the working at the restaurant and I just wasn't happy anymore. Yeah. And like seeing all my friends around, like, you know, being like, none of my best friends are really actors except for Erica. And I just remember like sitting there and being like, oh my God, like all my friends are financially independent. I'm getting older and I'm working in a restaurant. Like I just felt like such a failure and I'll never forget. And it was crazy because like this restaurant, they were so supportive with me. Like if I needed to be like, Hey, tomorrow I can't come in because I have an audition. They'd be like, great. Don't worry about it. So it was like, everything was completely right for me to like keep on doing what I was doing, but I didn't believe in myself that I could really do content creation and make money and do all that. And then one day I'll never forget it. A producer came in and it was a producer for a series. And I just saw him and I'm like serving. He said, when I they pull out a script that I auditioned for and I didn't get the role. And I just went to the bathroom and I just started bawling my eyes out crying. And I cried all the way home. And I was like, I got to leave. And I felt God like literally telling me, I know you don't know how you're going to make money. I know you don't know what's coming, but I need you to quit in order for me to take you to what's next in your career. And I was like, God, is that really? And I was like, no, Marie, it was a devil. I was like, okay, no, it's God. <laughs> it's the enemy, girl. It's a lie. It's a lie. I'm like, I was like, so I literally went to the bathroom. I like cried. I got in my car and I cried. And I was like, I'm miserable. And even though they're so great to me, and it's like everything that I should be doing that's safe for me to keep on going, I, I still can't justify staying here. So I quit. I was like, I quit. Um, thank you guys. And 
I started just creating content full time and working on acting full time. Wow. And then it all began. I feel like honestly, it's super empowering too. Like, I feel like I'm in a very similar position with the fact that I, um, and you actually inspired me because the other day we talked on the phone and we were talking like just about how you're like, girl, you can't be waiting for auditions. Like you got to be doing stuff, you know, you got to be, yeah. you know, and mm-hmm. um, I feel like I, I've been definitely like now at a place where I work on my podcast or now I'm like launching this like life coaching, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I'm working with like, you know, like I, I'm starting my own business and I feel like because mm-hmm. of my own business and now that I'm working on my podcast, like when an audition comes, it's like, great. I'm excited. And I just booked my first mm-hmm. article. So I'm shooting that on Sunday. And oh, like, congrats. Thanks girl. So like, yeah, I feel like, I feel like my, my career is definitely like a part of me. Like, yes, I get auditions. I'm going to get it coached. I'm going to work on it. Like I'm going to, you know, read the script. It's definitely, but, but also like the fact that I do have financial freedom because I do do already online coaching with like actors as my mm-hmm. main, but now trying to get even more like financially independent. Cause I feel like you and I are also very alike, especially in the sense that we're like, I feel like we're very multifaceted. We have like a lot of like high vibrations. We're very like yeah. high energy, highly creative, like highly. Yeah. I think it's also comes from like the fact that we're very like self assured, like we're very self yeah. people. So it's like, we're just like highly creative, but also like willing to kind of like do anything that we like and kind of do it a hundred percent. Like, because you have this work ethic, you're like, For no sure. matter what, like, even if I feel the fear, I'm, I know I'm going to like do this, you know what I mean? Yes. Yes. So it's I like, that's yeah. No, 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 totally. And it's, it's, it is that it's like that. I just always tend to ask myself, and this is something that I tell people all the time. I ask myself, all the time, Maria, what scares the hell out of you that makes you want to throw up and die? That's literally what I ask myself. Yeah. And whatever that is, I walk towards it. Like moving right. to going to LA for two months. Like I didn't even, I was sleeping on people. Okay. Let me tell you something. Yeah. I was like sleeping on people's couches. People were bailing on me. Yeah. I was so broke. Like, I, but I was like, I just, I need to learn. I need to learn. I need to be where the knowledge is. Don't ever think you're above knowledge is power. You know, before that, Oh my God. Okay. There's so much to, to my story. It's crazy. Before I did that, that was for content creation. Before that, I came to LA when I was maybe like 22, 23, broke as F. And I came um, to just be a PA on a set because I wanted to be around actors and learn. And I was driving, if, you, if anybody's from LA is listening to this, I was driving from like Orange County to like LA, the hills, all Hollywood, far as hell. Um, because I could only stay at Orange County for free and I didn't have money to stay anywhere else. I rented a car and I would make that drive and I would drive like an hour just to learn, just to learn for free. So I could really learn and grasp and be in those environments that I could see actors work. I was the worst PA in the world. I'm going to tell you that right now. I wasn't a real PA. I was a fake PA and I wasn't getting paid for it. So I was like, yeah, I'm a PA. Let me just watch the acting. That's all I wanted to do. Right. Um, and I wanted to learn the business and I wanted to see, I want to know from the outside, outside, inside. I want to know all of it, you know? Right. Um, I think that's actually a really um, good point that you make. And it's interesting because Eva Longoria actually says that she did the same thing when she moved to Los Angeles. She says that she walked down um, the boulevard, right? Like where the Hollywood stars are. And she's like, one day my name's going to be on these, um, this street. And like, she just like never turned back and she just like focused 
on the fact that like she just wanted to absorb everything and she says she did a very similar thing where she was like doing extra work like just getting like getting as much as like she could into like doing the actual thing mm-hmm. uh, which I think is such like a good point and it's like really nice to hear you say that because it's something I feel like I want to make sure I'm doing more of you know making sure yeah you do just get into those communities and like really infiltrate it so you can be a part of it you know that's how you're gonna have a no table for sure for sure and it's like just about like finding it and learning and like not being afraid to look dumb you know and I mean hopefully just don't be homeless let's <laughs> be, be homeless you know but you'll figure it out like when you get thrown in these situations you figure it out like no matter what it is you figure it out you know after I came back from LA I was kind of in a funk because I was like damn like I don't know what I'm doing so like I mean I knew what I was doing like as far as that but I was like okay like I gotta figure out like how I'm gonna make money how I'm gonna do all that my sister decided she wanted to do YouTube and she started going really hard at it. My brother at that time was doing like so, so well in his career. Um, he was just blowing up in South America and we just saw that people really loved the family aspect. So I started really just narrowing down like, okay, like I'm Latina. So like, let me focus to the crowd of like Latinx community, find what my brand is. Right. So I literally had to just like break down. What is my brand? What is Maria Lagarde? Okay. I am fitness. I am sexy. I am also believing in this. I'm a positive person. So I had to really break down and make sure I went through my Instagram and I went through the pictures. I'm okay. Does this show my brand? Is this too sexy? Maybe is this to this, you know, and like really go through it and filter what my brand is and understand that people, um, fall in love with authentic, being authentic. And when they can clarify, when they can see a brand, you know, you see Cardi B, you see authenticity and you see a brand, a very clear brand, whether you agree with her brand or not, that woman is clear. You see her. She's a, she has a whole brand is who hers. Yeah. I think Cardi B literally stands for any dream is no dream is too big. Like she was a stripper who made it to platinum gold. I mean, killed in everything. She's a sex symbol, truly like her brand is sex, you know, uh, bold and just like ratchet, like, and that's her brand in which, in which her is like a lot. And I love it. Like, I'm like, that's dope. Like that is who you represent. You're open about it. You don't try to be this perfect classy like girl. She's like, no, I'm going to have my boobs out and I'm going to talk about this and that. And I'm going to fight a bitch. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's, that the brand, that's what it is. And my brother just really instilled in me, like whatever it is, you've got to define your brand. So my sister and I, my brother understood that family worked very well and we were all already so close. So my sister started doing YouTube oh my God, she started killing it. That's a perfect example. And she inspired me tremendously because Danny came to the States when she was five years old. She didn't speak a lot of English at all. I mean, she didn't speak Spanish at all. Like her Spanish was not very good. So when she was like, I'm going to start, she went to Colombia and people loved that she didn't speak perfect Spanish and that she made errors and that we say like, and when we say so. So instead of her shying away from that and being scared at criticism, she decided to just own it. And her she started blowing up on social media because of it. People fell in love with how authentic she was. And I was like, dude, that's dope. Like she went like a hundred thousand, 300,000 on YouTube. She started growing. Now she's over, she's over 2 million now. You know what I mean? Just killing it and everything. But that inspired me to just be really authentic and real. So my, I moved to Colombia. I mean, I, I, lived, I went out in Colombia and I lived for like out there for a t- for some time. And then my following just started exploding because I saw that Latinos are very loyal followers, you know? And I, but I didn't want to let go of my American audience. So I had to make sure I knew how to keep both. 
And that's when I started to do both things or putting subtitles. Now I like to put subtitles on everything or like, you know, do both because that's my brand now. Like I am very clearly not just Latina. There's a very big part of me that's American that was raised here. So I want to feed into that. So that's. Which is why on social media, when you do your stories, like you speak to both of your, because on your social media, you have like 1.3 million. And they definitely are very mm-hmm. loyal because when you just posted me for like five minutes, I think I got like 20, 30 new followers. Oh my God. Yeah. They love it. They're, they're very loyal. Very, yeah. And you very. have like fan pages and all of that. So, so you started slowly growing. Um, and now like you talk to your audience. I mean, I guess what I would want to know is like more about the breakdown because I feel like you are very entrepreneurial, which I think is so funny that you quit business school because I feel like at, at heart you I hate are- numbers. I know I numbers, but, but I'm, a business that, like, woman. I'm a business woman, 1000%. And I see, I want, I want to own my own. I want to own the building. That's just my mentality, yeah. but I'm going to have an account. My thing is I'm going to own the building, but I'm going to have my accountant right next right. to me running the numbers. And they say, That's how I go about it. They say, now that I'm taking this business course, they say like the best way to be a, a business owner is to just learn how to delegate all your tasks. Like just find somebody that's like the best at that and make them do that, that task, which you're, you're talking me. to yeah. the queen of, I will find them and. I'm, this is like really funny, but like the perfect example. And I was, Erica and them were laughing at me about it. One day I came from out of town. I travel a lot and I had like so much laundry and folding laundry is one of the things I hate most. And I was like, it's going to take me a solid two to three hours. I'm not kidding you. I called somebody. I was like, Hey, I'll pay you come do my laundry. And I got, this is when I was like, I will never do something like I rather work and make money and pay someone to do what they're really good at, which is cleaning. So I have a girl who loves to fold, loves to do laundry. I, that was three hours of my life. I knocked out like five videos, did two edits, did photos, did 10 TikTok. I think time is everything. How you spend your time, like finding people that are really good. You know, I used to spend a lot of time editing. I hired an editor now, right. you know what I'm saying? So I can bring out more content while he's editing. So it's like, all just like not you know making sure you just do things that are like not gonna take from you you know what I mean so yeah yeah I feel like that's a really good point because I feel right now and the course that I'm taking right now it's with Marie Forleo and it's it's really great she talks about like business understanding business from like three different levels like one is like um like a big business Google Apple you know and then like Second business is like small business. Small business is considered like 500 employees. Although she's just like, I mean, a hundred employees is still a lot, like considered a small business, but then micro business is like either one person shop or like five employees, six employees. And she talked about how, um, just like delegating those things. Like, you know what I mean? Like getting to the point where you can just like delegate these tasks, because I feel like right now I edit my podcast, I do this and it's fine. Like I'm a one person shop right now, but I definitely feel like yesterday when I was doing my exercises of understanding, like, where do I want to grow as a business? I definitely want to get to a point where it's like, I can delegate, you know what I mean? I can say, mm-hmm. okay, yes, this is, I don't want to be just like a micro business. I do want to develop into a small business, but I really want to yeah. go back to when you talked about when you sat down and you figured out your brand. So let's talk about that because I feel like it's a really, really, really strong thing. And I feel like a lot of people mm-hmm. would love to hear about that if somebody's trying to develop their brand, if somebody's trying to grow their social media, if they want to start getting into content creating, um, use me for an example, right? Like a free coaching session. Mm -hmm. Like what would you say? Like if you were like branding me right now and you were saying, this is what you, this is how you could grow. Like, what would you say that I should do? Or just in general. So, 
I feel like the best thing you can do when you're trying to find your brand is go to people who you love, for example, right? And when you look at their pages and you look at their things, write down what you see. So, all right, like I said, you know, um, there's some, I'm trying to think of a perfect example. Let me just throw a random one. Lily Pons, right? Lily Pons now is straight up music and content creation. That's, that's what she does now. Before she used to be only content creation. Her thing is not, I'm going to sit here and be inspirational. I'm going to say that's not her thing. You know, you go to Lewis house, for example, he is inspirational content creation, obviously, because that's part of his job and like fitness and, and, and well being. you know what I mean? So you kind of try to break down. I feel like you should do three to max five words. That's, that's what I did. Max five words of what your brand really is. I think in three, you're good, right? So mine, when you're seeing mine, you're seeing an actress, content creator. When you go on my page, you're seeing fitness. You're seeing a woman who owns like being sexy. Like I love looking good. I love dressing, looking really nice and glam. And then you also see a girl who talks about her struggles with her, you know, real personal things, depression, anxiety, you know, therapy and all that. So like, I've just figured out that those five things really represent me, Maria Lagarda. So I just use them and I try to make sure I'm showcasing them accordingly. Um, for example, whether it's making sure I'm posting some of my clips from actors, because every time I do, people are like, oh my God, you're like a real life actress. I'm like, yeah, I like, am. Yeah, I'm on a series. <laughs> yeah, like I'm, I'm a real actor, you know? If I'm, I do my funny skits because that's part of my like literally personality and like who I am. And then I really try to maintain like whether I'm opening up in a photo and I'm talking about, hey, you know, guys, like I really struggled with this and like being really vulnerable or talk about my journey or going on my stories without any makeup, showing my vulnerabilities, showing that. You know what I mean? And fitness is just a big part of like what I do every day. So like I show that in my story. Like I could make, for example, more fitness videos. I haven't been making those in a while because I've gotten so caught up. But working out is a really big part. Healthy lifestyle. Like people know me. No, they know I love the gym, you know? So it's like finding out for me, I think it's just like understanding what that is like what your brand truly is and making sure you're just showcasing it weekly with everything you're doing. You know, there's certain things like there's certain photo shoots and certain things that I'm like before I would have done. Now I'm like, that's literally too sexy for me. And I'm very like into sexiness, but I'm like, okay, that's more for like an, a girl who has a different audience, maybe more of a Cardi B style that's going to have her tits out. And you know, I would do that for a role any day. You know what I mean? Like I'll do nudity. I have no problem. I'm all about owning our sexuality. But it's, I understand that Instagram is a visual thing and it's pretty much your resume. And when people see it, that's what they're going to do. I need to make sure that that brand is very clear right. and that they know what they're getting from me. You know what I'm saying? I do um, feel what you're saying. And I feel like, you know, Kim Kardashian for me is like a huge, like, I love her. I think that she's, and I was so funny. She's a genius. Yeah. And I was telling one of my friends the other day how like, I'm in love and they're like, really? I'm like, bro, not only is she like super, super, super like sex sexuality like she's yeah. super sexy owns her sexy but also she's like a mom of four she's super into fitness she's super into like her wellness she's an entrepreneur she has multiple businesses yeah like mm-hmm. multiple, multiple businesses she's also you know an entertainment person because she shares her entire life and now she's like a lawyer you know also like yeah get her lawyer like getting people like clemency and her husband's like this incredible like man of god and like starting churches i'm like yeah wow like just to see all that she does in a day it's like it's beautiful and i feel like those are the kind of, or like jennifer lopez like i, I today i was at yeah. the gym and j-lo's brand is like so clear it's like that's what i would say like j-lo you know you see j-lo's like sexiness versus cardi b's sexiness is two different kind of sexiness you know i would say mine is more like j-lo's you know what i mean right. i'm not out there you know 
doing the, all that Cardi does, but that's her yeah. point and it works great. Not knocking it at all. I'm a huge Cardi B fan, first of all. Huge, huge Cardi B fan. But like, yeah, I think it's just understanding like what works for you and people like that, like JLo, study her brand. Like yeah. you go on her page and you see her post, you see that everything she does represents that. So everything you post on your page needs to represent what those words are. You know what I mean? And you can make like a whole plan it could be every monday you drop you know fitness stuff every tuesday i know i'm gonna drop something a quote or, or talk about something personal every wednesday you know what i mean that you can literally have it organized because best believe jlo's not running her page like nah. she has her content organized you know it's just about making a very clear clear decision of what you are and understanding what works for your brand and what you want to represent and understand that that and also understand that like something i've noticed a lot of people are like well there's just so many people like that. There's so many people that do that. You know, there's so many fitness girls or something. So they get discouraged, but I'm like, yeah, but there's no you, right? So there's a million fitness girls, but the fitness girls I follow are the ones that are like, hey guys, look at this picture of me and my cellulite. That's the ones I like to follow. I don't like to follow the ones that are like, here's my tits and my butt and how perfect I am. I'm like, no, like I like to follow the ones that yes, are in shape, but show, show all of their insecurities and things. So it's like, that's just what makes you, you, and that nobody can take from you. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, that's truly, like, really inspiring. And also, like, going back to JLo, I, when I was at the gym today, I was listening to her music, and I just, I always feel like I'm so inspired by Jennifer because of the fact that, like, she's from the Bronx. Like, she, she, she definitely came from humble beginnings, but the biggest thing for her was that, like, when she started diving, she was obviously a dancer first. She was just, like, doing dance. She started exploring acting, like started taking acting classes. And then she booked like this like background thing where she was like a dancer. And then she like started like booking um, acting stuff. And she was like, yeah, but I actually also want to do music. And her managers and her team were like, no, like you can't, like you just, you just, I think she had booked like Made in Manhattan or something like that. And it was like, or Celine, I don't remember which was like her first big thing, but they were like, no, like you, you, you have to understand like now you're an actress. And she's like, no, but I also want to be, you know, so I think, I think when she, I think when she did Selena, I think one of, on the six came out, it was like one of those, like, where it's like, she birthed like two huge things and like yeah. straight to like the top, like her music went straight to the top, but also like, so did her films. Like, so she was like, it was like, had never been seen before where she was like exploring both of these two mediums. And the like thing that I find so awesome is that I don't think Jennifer's the best actress. I don't think Jennifer's the best singer. I don't even think she's no. the best Spanish speaker. Like, absolutely not. And it's like, but, but, but she, she works her ass off. It, but she owns it. And she her work it. ethic is like what, it's like, you can't deny that she kills it. Like you cannot. Yeah, exactly. She kills it. Exactly. And it's like, she's not perfect. She, her Spanish songs are not perfect, but you know, she's going to bring it. And that's yeah, she's gonna bring so it. inspiring. You know, it's like seeing her, like when I, when I was auditioning for the Selena series, I went back and I started looking at like, oh, what is like, you know, like they have a video on YouTube of when Jennifer was auditioning for it and when she booked it. And like, you just see her like really stepping into that character of Selena. Like she just, she just, she was so like obsessed with really getting it down. And that work ethic is like, I think tried and true, no matter what, like you can be talented, but if you're not willing to like work harder than everyone else in the room, the person that works harder is always going to trump the person that's like talented, but for like, sure. you know, for sure. 1000%. And it's like, I just think we're in a place where so many people are so worried. And for me, after I lost my brother, I just stopped caring. I was like, great. Like, no, not great. Not like that. But I was right. like, no. I was just like, 
the biggest lesson that taught me was like life is truly short and when you go through something really traumatic or you lose someone so suddenly and you're in your darkest you just realize like what really matters like if people want to talk bad about what I'm doing if they want to hate on it fuck them like they're they're going to talk about it regardless so I'd rather do what makes me really happy. You know what I mean? Because we're all going to die. We were, that's what we know for sure. Like you come in this world and the only thing you have for sure is that you're going to die. That's it. Everything else, nothing else is promised except that you're going to die. And you owe it to yourself to do the thing that you love and the thing that makes you truly happy and to just go hard at it and know that it's going to work out. Like there are things that I am living today that I dreamed of, that I like envisioned, that I cried for, that I, and I'm living them now, you know, and it's a blessing and so many things I get to do a blessing, but I still worry. I still get insecure. I still doubt myself. I still wonder, is it going to beat over? Is it, am I going to stop making money? You know what I mean? You do this, but I, I just, I've really, really focused nowadays when I wake up and I get that anxiety of, damn, what if I don't make that money again? And I just spent that. And then doing this, I literally stop myself and I'm just like, Maria, are you going to work from a place of a starving artist? Or are you going to work from a place of manifestation? Because right. what we work from, we become and we attract. And that's in everything. If you treat money, your career, and love with a desperate thing of like, I need this for, it just pulls away. And you just do it from like understanding that your power and what you are here for is so much bigger than just this one thing you're looking at in our minds, only see the current situation. We can't see what God is going to teach you and how fast your life can change. How you can be in happiness and then you can be in darkness or you can be in darkness and you can find happiness that like, if we just understood how quickly life like this changes, I feel like more people will go for their dreams. And so many people on my Instagram write to me about how they're scared to even do consecration because they're scared of what people might say. And I've been there before, but I'm just like, dude, like you just gotta do it. That's it. Like there is no, the fear is not going to go away. I still get scared at certain things I do, but you just do it and you boss up. That's it. I tell myself all day, I'm like, Mari, are you bossing up or are you going to cry about it? Right. What are we going to do? You right. know, and you boss up. Like, that's my biggest thing because that's what my parents taught me to do and that's what my brother taught me to do. So right. I just know I got to boss up, you know? That's super inspiring, Maria. It really is. And today I was listening to you. Um, truly, that was really beautiful. Um, I was on my, when I was on my way to the gym today, my roommate put on like this positive kind of like but it wasn't like a motivational thing. It wasn't trying to like pump you up. It was just talking about like psychology and understanding the way the human mind works. And the fact that like our thoughts are on a, on a track and like you usually wake up thinking the same things that you, you thought yesterday and then you continue thinking them the next day. And it's usually like thoughts from the past. Like it's like, oh, this is the thing that I'm fixated on and now I'm obsessing over it. And it's just like the past or it's like worry or it's like, these are the things that I'm like worried about, right? Mm-hmm. And, um. I just, and they said that like, if you want to attract the things that you actually want, like if you actually want to achieve like the success, you need to understand that most of your thoughts are coming from the past. So it's like, you start, you start thinking about things because of the fact that it's like, like, how do I say this? He said, it's guaranteed. So I know Mm -hmm. that like a guarantee is like, I know that if I, you know, text this person, they're going to text me back. Or if I check my phone, then I check my Instagram. It's like, you, you try to like ground yourself in these certainties. And then like, that's where like, there's no room for growth. So he's saying like, if you want growth, it's like stepping into the unknown constantly. So how you said, like, I feel the fear, like where, where's the most fear? That's like where I'm going to walk. 
And so yeah. many people don't do that because they're so scared of the unknown. They're so scared of like change. They're so scared of like, what if like this goes wrong or like walking in that kind of direction is mm-hmm. there's no certainty in it. But I think yeah. that it comes back to the fact where it's like, but nothing in life is certain. So why not dial, dive into something that's like, it, unknown doesn't have to be scary. It can be exciting. It could be, it could be something that's just different. And you can, you know, you can experience more of a fruitful life when you start walking to those fears and seeing like, wow, you know, I think I started doing that a little bit recently um, because I have fear around like dancing and singing, right? Like how you're mm-hmm. like, oh, like, you can sing, like, why are you? But so you're dope. Dry? Yeah. I don't know. If anybody's listening to this, I'm going to tell y'all right now. She's such an amazing singer and she just likes to, I think she just likes to fake that she's not. So she doesn't have to do it <laughs> because you would think that she can't sing. This girl can sing. I heard it. I was like, I DM'd you. Remember? I was like, what the hell are you doing? Why don't you I know, Erica, concert? Erica, one time I did an audition and she said the same thing. She's like, girl, wait, you can sing. And I'm like, what? Yes. Yeah, I know. And it's so crazy because I love singing and I love dancing and this was like a big thing for me, like growing up and in my life, I never allowed myself to explore it because of the fact that I felt like I had to be perfect at it. And like with acting, somehow it was oh, like, I just can't do that. You know, yeah. acting was like daring. Perfect. Perfection. It just kills everything I used to. So I, one thing I used to always get this note from every acting teacher. They're like, you just, you, you control everything too much, you know? You control scenes to you. You're, you're in control. You you love being in control. I have a very bossy, entrepreneur woman personality where I'm like, this is what we're doing. <laughs> Are we all on board? Great. If you're not, too bad. But it was showing my work. And after my brother passed, it was the most the experience that taught me to truly like I had no control, no control. It was it was life forcing me to be like. You have absolutely no control. What are you going to do? And it made me let go of everything. And I had to go on set and film a series two weeks after it happened and be present. And I just would scream. I think I told you this. I would scream hysterically in the car when I would be done after filming 14, 13 hour days. And I would go home. But I couldn't even tell you how I filmed that. I let go of control. And it's the show that got me to the next level of my career. And I, I literally told my agent, I said, look, I would call him. I'd be like, if this show looks like crap, I'm sorry, I'm doing my best. And he'd be like, don't worry about it. If they wanted you in there, it's for a reason. And I was like, all right, great. And I just filmed and I gave them the best I could and I let go of control. And once you just let go of that control, like now I just, I care so much less about controlling. I'm just there and I'm present and I'm alive and I'm so much better now because I have a whole different mindset. I just used to control and I just feel like as human beings, the biggest is is like you want it to be perfect and as an actor you want this moment to be perfect and did I hit it but it's like did you hit it or did you like really feel it and were you just alive and said F it like I'll literally do now like two two takes maybe three and I'm like great I was there I know it I feel it I trust myself more but it's because I let myself go of control and now it's more my career and I'm getting in the most rooms I'm getting the best feedback because I've let go of that control and when I feel it trying to creep back in I just try to be like for what like for for what you know what I mean? What is this for? And don't get me wrong. I'm a human being. I slip up. Sometimes it still comes back. But like you're saying, it's that perfect thing that most artists struggle with. It's like we want it to be perfect. We need to execute a perfect audition. We're not going to drop a single until it's perfect. We're not going to do a dance video until it's perfect. Why? Like, yeah. you know, everybody started somewhere. You hit on so many like points that 
first off, I needed to hear, and it's things that I've heard before, but re- needed to like hear that again. Like three things that come up for me. There's this teacher, his name is Josh Pies. He, he's Marie Forleo's partner. They've been together for like 18 years. He worked with Joaquin Phoenix on The Joker. Um, Josh has like done incredible work. I highly recommend you guys like study with Is him. he an acting coach? He's a, co- he's a teacher. Yeah, he teaches committed okay. impulse. So if there's actors listening, you need to take this. Um, but his, his, his thing is all about coming from impulse, right? So he would yeah, talk 100%. about like even Joaquin, he would say like when Joaquin would, would do this stuff, like he would just like, he would just go from his impulse, right? Like it wasn't like this, like, yeah. hey guys, like here we go. It's like, no, it's like you could tell like every impulse. time he did the scene, it was completely different because impulse. he wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't locking down the scene it was like no 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 he just like came from it and I think the biggest actual because I did go to theater school I got my my bachelor's in acting and I think the biggest harm that my theater school did to me and they say that Juilliard does this a lot too is that they teach you technique but to the point where it's like you're almost afraid to fail yeah so like a lot and they make you like they teach you like check off and they teach you like you know all of this Mm -hmm. stuff okay you need to make sure that you never you know like you never like tennessee williams like you can never miss a word like if it said b it must be b like Mm -hmm. so it's an old school way yeah and i had this one teacher his name was like bill radabush and it was our sophomore year and it was the most incredible teacher ever because what he did was he he said like act with the safety net. Like, don't be afraid to like, he's like, I want you to lose your line. I want you to be so in this that you forget what was the next line. Like, I just want yeah. you to be so in this that you're just like, yep. fuck, I dropped it. Like, but that's because just like, you're coming from this place of like, no, I got this. So first off, thank you for that reminder because I feel like when I'm walking into auditions right now, I am not in just like auditions. I think I'm in a very like controlling place right now because my life kind of went from, a lot of stability, stability, like being in a four-year relationship and kind of like knowing what my day in day out was to then being like, I'm moving to New York. This is my new place. Like I'm new with a new roommate. Like I'm single. Like it's a lot of change. So I think I'm trying to control aspects of my life. Like, Mm -hmm. no, I want to hang out with this person and I want him to like give me everything. But like, why isn't he giving me that? And like, oh my God, like my career, like when I'm going into auditions, like, damn, I wasn't present. Like I'm controlling in so many different like ways right now that I feel myself Mm -hmm. like getting sad because my expectations are clashing with like reality of like me trying to Mm -hmm. control it and not really like letting God just show me the way, like him being like, this is where I'm trying to lead you. Um, And then the third thing that came up was like, um, I have this other coach where she always says like launch at 80%, like don't launch at like a hundred because that's not like realistic. It's like just launch at 80. Like even if you feel like it's not, the best just launch it like you know and that's I feel like what I did with my podcast was like I wasn't sure what it was gonna be and I was just like literally recording raw like on my phone like fuck it here we go you know what I yeah, mean? yeah like, yeah yo I started a podcast today check it out I sent it to like, yeah. all my family and then then I would get feedback they're like dude you should put like music and I'd be like really and they're like yeah they're like my brother's like you you should have a little bit more structure like have like some structure to your show like at least or he's like and then I met this influencer that she's like, just drop it on a specific day. Like if you drop it on a specific day, then you'll gain more listeners because it's like a TV show and people get excited that on Tuesday, there's a new episode at 5 a.m. So then they're yeah. like, oh, it's Tuesday. Let's drop an episode, you know? And then yeah. when I stopped doing that consistently, I started seeing like my numbers went down. But when I've been consistent and had like 
told them like, Hey guys, I'm going to be dropping on Tuesday. Oh, this is my new guest. Like getting them hyped about it. I can start seeing that. Like it's now become like a small thing. And like my podcast, I felt like God had told me, like, I want you to, because I was struggling with this thing where like, I was trying to control my career. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I, know that, I know that this is going to be a good episode for some people that they've been reaching out to me feeling like, like depreciated because they're trying to control, but I was trying to control my career. And I realized I was in a place of like, give me, give me, give me, give me, please universe, give me versus like, I'm a Christian. And when I go to church, like you need to serve the world. Like if you want success, you need to serve, you need to serve. Mm-hmm. And like, where am I serving? Like I'm serving. No yeah. I'm in this constant, please give me. And like, how am I going to be in a frequency to receive if I'm not giving anything? Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. My podcast like was like, you know what? This is going to be how I give. And interesting enough, when I signed with my agency and my manager, it was like one of the biggest things that they found attractive about me was they're like, oh, so you have a podcast? Like, that's so cool. Like, they were so interested that I wasn't just like this one dimensional actor, which I'm Mm -hmm. sure does that show up a lot for you with like the fact that they see you're this like huge content creator. For sure. For sure. And everything that I do, it's like, that's the biggest thing. It's like, um, I walk in now with a whole different confidence when I'm going in these meetings, you know, when I was just meeting in LA, I walk into these, and that's another thing, like I've done for any actor that's listening, like stop walking into these meetings. Like these people are doing you a favor. I'm so freaking sick of seeing actors just like walk in, like handing over their power. Like y'all realize they can't make money without us. Let me just say that very clear. I'm going to say it louder for the people in the back. They cannot make money without us, okay? We can make money without them. They can't make money without us. So stop giving over your power. Like, mm-hmm. that's just one thing I learned. So I really, um, I used to do that a lot. And now with everything that I do, I'm just like, look, like I bring a lot to the table. I'm not just like, this actress is going to wait around for auditions. No, I'm creating my own content. I'm creating my own fan base. I, I have my own line of clothing coming out. I started a charity. You know, I'm doing so many things. Like, I am I'm I'm awesome like you know and it's like not trying to sit there being like hey I'm this cocky girl no it's just like hey I bring a lot to the table because sometimes hey any manager agent that's listening to this no hate you guys but sometimes they really do try to kind of put actors down or be like how can you serve me like they're God's gift on earth but it's like we're the ones making art you know what I'm saying like not all of them are like that but I definitely had some assholes my first like round when I came to LA just kind of make me feel like not good enough, you know? And all that changed when I walked into these rooms this last time and I'm the one controlling the interview and I'm the one that's like, well, this is what I bring. Are you really worthy of being in my team? You know, because I'm, I'm, I'm doing all that I'm doing, you know? It's like such a good point. Sorry. Like, because mm -hmm. I think it's so interesting you say that because when I signed with my agency, I was telling my clients, my, my, my resume didn't change, right? Like, when I had first tried to get with Abrams, um, like, let's say eight months prior, I wanted to sign across the board with Abrams and they were not willing to, like, it was not a thing. But when I signed across with CSD, which is pretty much the same kind of agency, yeah. they bring me across the board. The only difference was the fact that I had started claiming my power. Like, I knew that, like, I was That's building it. relationships with casting. I knew that, like, you know, I was, like, building relationships with, like, the head of ABC, the head of CBS. Like, these people were starting to, like, see me in a different way. And I was telling my manager, you know what? Like, it's time. Like, it is time for me to get a bomb-ass team because I want a series regular. But you got to know that you're you, – you got to believe that you're worthy of that bomb-ass team. You know what I mean? Like, you got to be in alignment with yourself. And that really t- takes, like, you working on your confidence and being like, yeah, well, I – know that I'm worthy of having this team here like other excuse me other girls have it 
And why can't I? Like, I always say it. I'm like, we all have the same 24 hours. Nobody has 26 hours. Nobody has 28 hours. We all got 24 hours. So you just got to get up and go and move and figure it out. And like I said, people are going to curve you. Yes, they might like put you down. Yes, but there will be people that will believe in you. And those people that curved you, I promise you they're going to feel so dumb later on. Like, if you just keep on going and you just keep on hustling, they all come back around. They always do. And then you're just like, oh, that's cute. Bye. You know, like, Absolutely. whatever. You know what I'm saying? But it's just like, yeah, like, you just, I will never go back to being, I used to be just an actress. I will never go back to just doing that ever again. You know, I will always be a woman that is doing a lot, that is thinking of business ideas, thinking of ways of growing. And I feel like actors, like, Yes, like I was a server for a really long time and I only saw it as a way of like me keeping on going with my acting. But it's like nowadays I'm like, there's so much y'all can do. It's like finding out what works for you, even if it's not like being a content creator. You don't have to be a content creator. You can literally just find what creativity allows you to do more so you don't have to be miserable maybe being a bartender or a waitress. You know what I'm saying? Like find that that is in you that will allow you to do other things. You know what I'm saying? Like because it's gonna no matter what. Soul. It's going to feed your soul. And I feel like actors also like the biggest turnoff is like when you're only an actor in the sense that you, you some actors like that you meet, they're like, yo, you are one dimensional. Like, can you just stop being obsessed with Shakespeare? Like go do something else. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like where's, mm-hmm. your, like, where's your depth? Like, who are you as like a human? Like, what else do you like? I feel like mm-hmm. when we had that conversation that day where you were just like talking to me, um, I felt like I was like, you know what? Like I need to step more into my creativity. And now like, I find myself like, I do know that I overwork myself when it comes to my creativity. And I know that I dive into my work, especially when there's pain in my life. I'm like, God, I need to, I need to work. Like, I just need to work because that is where I can distract myself and just get creative. And like, that's going to fuel me versus like trying to be in a relationship or trying to find love or trying to like, you know what I mean? Like deal with other things where it's like, that's going to head me in a really negative direction. I feel like Mm -hmm. my career and my craft is just going to serve people. And it's going to be like, way more positive to put my energy into these kind of things but Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah I just feel like I and and that's like the biggest thing I had somebody reach out to me the other day saying like how do you stay motivated and I'm like motivation is like a a daily thing that you have to achieve Mm -hmm. like I don't wake up like motivated I mean now I know like now sometimes I wake up and I'm like I'm so excited for the things I'm gonna do but I feel like it's your daily habits that really you work on it. You got to yeah. work on it. Like everything else in life. You do your gratitude, you know? Yeah, for sure. Like every day I don't wake up like that, but I, I just know what helps me get to that space. So like I do it, you know what I mean? Like for me, the gym is one of those things. Like I get up and I start moving my body automatically. You know, normally like this week since I've just been getting back, like I've just been settling into LA. I haven't, I've been going here and there, but like, you know, I just know that that's on my regular. That's what works for me. So like, I can't wait to get up tomorrow and like do that, you know? And it just starts with like figuring out what it is that fuels you and doing that because every day, like people think we wake up every day like whoo I'm so motivated I'm the greatest no like you work at that like anything else that you work on in your life it's it's something that you don't stop working at ever absolutely so I feel like this is a really good transitional period to talk about mental health and therapy because I know that you were telling me how you started going to therapy and how it's been really monumental in your life and therapy is something that I feel like my soul has been telling me that I need to do and so Mm -hmm. I feel like what like, I want you to advocate for therapy and I want you to tell me like, w- like if there's any kind of stigma around it, like for people that are like, don't want to do it because of shame or like, I don't want to go to therapy because that means I'm crazy. You know what I mean? Let's talk about like, yeah. 
So like for me, as you know, I've, I've brought up, like I started therapy after I suddenly lost my brother. Right. So like, that was like the most traumatic thing I've ever in my life, like lived. It was out of nowhere. Somebody who was so known, so full of life, my best friend, I don't know where, you know, you get that call and your whole life just changes and all you see is just darkness. And automatically I was just like, I know I can't get out of this alone. Like my ego tells me I should just drown in my sadness and let myself be depressed. But I just knew I was like, I just know my brother would never want to see me just give up on myself and give up on life and just choose that way of living. So I knew that I had to surrender to therapy as terrifying as it is because it is such a vulnerable experience but I knew that no matter what like I think I was like I'm an artist either way like I feel like I should always have therapy like we go through a lot and I just knew that this it almost took like this wave of just extreme pain to be like oh you're getting your ass in therapy because you're really you can't you won't be able to get through this alone I, I really don't didn't feel like I couldn't, I wanted help and I wanted to be better. And I was like, Maria, you just got to be a better human being for everything that your brother left you with. You know what I mean? All his messages, his legacy that he left, like I got to take it to the next level. And I can only do that if I get help and I give myself, you know, the time to heal, like you got to heal from trauma, you know? So I started um, with one therapist and I liked her. She was great. She helped my family and I a lot, but there was a time where I felt like I outgrew it. I was like, this isn't what I need quite. And I felt like she was more focused on my exterior versus my interior. Um, so I was like, no, I, I needed a break. So she started kind of focusing more on what I was putting because I'm, I, I am very known in the Latin community. And in that time with media and everything that was going on in our life, we had to publicly make statements and there was a bit of drama publicly and it was a lot. And I feel like she was more focused on the, on the things that I was saying out loud, not helping me so much in me like healing the inside so I can give the world more. Does that make sense? Yeah. She's trying to more so be like almost like a, a a manager, you know, of like how I should run my brand. And I was like, well, that's just not right. Huh? Right. A publicist. And I was just like, not right. You know, I was like, okay, this feels off, but she helped me at one point. You know what I mean? It just, it ran its course. And I was like, okay, but my ass was too resilient. I was like, I'm not going to give up on therapy. Like it didn't work out, but I know that there is someone out there that is going to get me. It's going to help me. And I could feel it. Girl, I looked everywhere. I asked everybody. Everybody in the world had a therapist, but they couldn't take me. And I literally, I'm not kidding you. I was like, are there no more freaking therapists in the world? Like, what the hell? Please. <laughs> I was like, well, someone. At this point, I'll talk to a homeless person if y'all are willing to listen. A girl needs it. But so I literally will never forget it. I was praying one night and I was just like, God, I need help. We all need help. My mom, my dad, my sister and I, we need help. God, can you just show me the therapist? Like, please bring somebody to my life who's going to help us. I kid you not. The next day, I literally was like, where do you want me to go? The next day, I had I got a manager in Colombia who does acting. So whenever Netflix shows and stuff like that come out in South America, I audition for them. So, you know, it has nothing to do with my American stuff. And she, I hit her up and I was like, hey, um, I was like, really quick, Andre, like, I was like, do you have to know a therapist? You're the like, literally, it was just random. I was like, I need a damn therapist. Do you have to know one? She was like, dude, mine will change your life. And I was like, she's not a therapist. She's like a life coach, spiritual healer therapist. I was like, great. This lady calls me right away. The only therapist that like was talking to me. Okay? I can't wait to talk to her because I, I need to like, talk to her. Great. So she calls me just to see what we're feeling. And right away, I was like, God. And I was like, I swear I was like, God and my brother sent her. She was like, 
everything that could help me. And I just dove into therapy of like three hours a week, like two hours a week. I got my mom in it, my sister in it, my dad in it. And we just started doing heavy therapy. And it, I will tell you, it changed my life. It's something that I'm going to do for the rest of my life forever. Um, you know, aside from grieving and losing my brother, it really didn't make me realize just as a human being, like what the things that are just me, my, Maria, my insecurities, where they stem from, you know, my own family issues that I had before my brother, my insecurities, what really made me dig deep and just be super, super real with myself and my fears and my insecurities, which I feel for, I thank her for forever. I mean, I thank her all the time for my success. I thank her all the time for my success and the things that are coming to my life and the things that she's just teach me to where, you know, my desire for things are coming. She's changed my life about whether my career is an ego move or whether it's a soul move and how to make my goals more soul oriented versus ego oriented. You know, the ego wants to receive the soul wants to give. So she just really changed my mind and opened up my mind to what it is that success is to me, what I'm doing with it. She almost helped me like, she may help me solidify my brand without trying to, you know what I mean? Like understanding my purpose. So I, heavily you know i tell my friends every day they should get with her they should that should be their therapist you know she's i know can like you give me her info after this (laughs) absolutely yeah i definitely will i I will absolutely give you my info but you know it's just one of those things that's just like she really opened my eyes to a lot and she's currently like always helping me with my things and just letting me face like all of the insecurities and shutting out the noise you know we're human beings no matter who you are no matter how happy you are I, she literally is the reason I think we fully went forward with the foundation. When I found out that our foundation was opening on February 15th, I called her panicking like, oh my God, this is happening. I don't know what I'm going to do. And she was like, no, you're just afraid of your light. That's what it is. You're afraid of your light. You're not afraid of what's going to go wrong. You're afraid of how strong you are. And I was like, that's it. She was like, you're afraid of what you're going to change because you couldn't believe it. And I just bawled my eyes out crying to her. And I was like, you're right. She's like, this is going to be great. Let it be great. And I was like, okay. And it was freaking phenomenal. She came to the grand opening, you know, and all these things that it was like, had, yeah, she was there the whole time. And had it not been for her, just give me the strength to be like, just let it be great. You know, Maddie, like everything doesn't have to be bad. It doesn't have to yes. be bad. It can be great. And I was like, okay, you're right. The whole time I had anxiety. So talk about freaking the foundation. Out. What is it? Oh my God. So the foundation is called the Legarda Foundation, which is my last name. And it's my brother's artist name. His name was Legarda artist name and it pretty much my brother really believed that kids are the future and what we did is we put a like a classroom right now we're starting with a classroom we're definitely going to grow into like a building by february i'm putting it out there you're the first time i said it out loud so let's let's make sure this is on the podcast because when i'm when i'm opening that building next february you're gonna be like she said it first on mine oh my god on my thing literally watch i'm gonna grab this clip so anyways um we're starting off in we got this whole classroom and we're putting these kids that come from like a their like the poorest parts of bogota colombia that like these kids they're it's not even like anything that i've ever even seen until i got there it's like going to the most vulnerable areas where these kids literally are they're seeing this prostitution drugs killing and poverty and wondering if they're gonna eat you know what i mean and and we built a school for these kids that have dreams of being artists. And it's 
dancing, acting, singing, and they're going to get therapy as well. So we're starting with 12 kids. We hope we're going to, no, not we hope we are going to expand into more. But my first one, I just really want to have this close relationship, understand, make sure, because I mean, in a way it is like a business. I need to make sure it's being executed correctly, that everything is done. And um, giving these kids the ability to dream big and letting them know, hey, like you're here. And just like you, you know, I have, I had a dream too. And I started somewhere and really sharpening their skills and allowing them to escape, you know, we get them out of the streets and we put them in a classroom where they're finding a passion for something else or at least likely to get involved in the BS, you know, the gangs, you know, my brother was murdered due to violence, you know, um, somebody who grew up in the streets and thought that robbing was the way to live. And, you know, it wasn't a bullet that was for him. It was an accident. So we hope that we lost one life, but we hope to save millions more, you know, that's our, thing that's what we want to do and change so for us it was like I we knew one thing is that we couldn't let tragedy paralyze us or make us just accept that okay you know there's there's violence in my country and I'm gonna accept it no we gotta make a change so we opened up the foundation um a week right after his one year and it's been truly the most life-changing. I mean, I told my friends I was, I cried like a baby. Um, my life has changed after that foundation. It's, it's, I no longer want to be like, I no longer want my success for myself. I truly want it for these kids. Like it's, it's nothing else. Like my, I'm just, it, it changed my life. I, I truly understood. I, I really believe that the, the reason for living is to give and there is no way I will ever move forward. That's another thing I won't ever do again is live a life where I'm not giving back. This, this is like the best, the, the greatest, like no amount of success that I have had in my career, no contract, nothing that I have ever made. I, I kid you not, Liz, like it's crazy. Like, even when I found out I got an agent a manager in LA and I, I, you know, and I got all these things that I dreamed of. I got a recurring guest on a network series none of those have ever felt like what felt what I felt on February 15th, not one. So it's just something that I've become ever since that day, I'm like so passionate about it and everything I'm doing now is for them. You know, they're like my kids now <laughs> and I love them and I want them to see me be the biggest possible so they can know, like, you know, so they can be a part of this journey with me. So yeah, I, it's just, it's changed my life. It's so beautiful, Maria. Like, holy shit like just beautiful thank like, you and and and, te- and such a testimony to like your family like you guys are all so incredibly like special beautiful lights in this world it's like thank your you. brother like le- like leaving the world like you said it's not like it's not like and and, and elizabeth gilbert like the one that wrote eat pray love and, and Big yeah Big, i love her she talks about how she says the same thing where it's like life is so weird it's like this thing where we're kind of like chilling on this planet and like only thing that's guaranteed is that one day we're not going to be here anymore so it's like what the hell are we doing like it's it makes no sense and the fact that like your brother like left this beautiful light and that you guys were like you know what we could crumble and we could fall but you know what we're just going to shine 10 times brighter now because we have a bigger purpose to serve and like, For sure. just like, that's why my podcast is called shine brighter with Liz. Like it's all about like being a light, like being a lighthouse, like bringing so much light into this world. And it aligns with this purpose of like, I know I'm a woman of God. I know that God has helped me like in the shit that I've gone through from trauma through, through life. Like everybody goes through, like at the end of the day, the one thing I know that's tried and true is like, I have a heart for people. I have a heart for giving. I have a heart for serving. 
and I have yeah. for like for God and just like being as much as a positive light that I can be. Um, yeah. That's what you guys like are emanating, and it's like such a testimony knowing that it's like no matter what in darkness, like we're still gonna rise above. We're still gonna be like these lighthouses, and now we're gonna like touch other sure. people, and it's like it's so beautiful. It was so beautiful seeing it on social, Thank like you. seeing you guys share and like the, how excited these kids were and like singing your brother's songs. It's like, fuck, like that is just, yeah. like, it's it so was, beautiful. it was like the close. And I told everybody, I was like, that Saturday was like what I think heaven on earth feels like, you know, I was so scared. I was going to one of the poorest like parts of Bogota. I had never been through so much you know you also get scared you're like what if I get you know attacked what if something yeah like you know I'm I'm stepping into someone else's territory being you know well known we know people know who we are you know but every bit of fear when I got there it left like the energy I felt I have never felt in anything else in my life and you know one of the things and I mean I'll talk to you about it because I definitely want to take all my friends on a trip um this year and I mean we're gonna have we have so many plans for the foundation. I mean, it's insane, but it's just one of those things that's like, you know, I was so afraid to do this. I was so afraid. Literally people, some people that found out about it, they're like, what? We didn't even know you were doing Because I wouldn't talk about it publicly. I was so freaking terrified. I was terrified to open this foundation. I wanted to just be like, no, no. Cause I thought, you know, what are people going to say? Are they going to say, oh, you're doing it for hype. You're doing, you know, I thought everything that people could go wrong. I thought, what if, what if this doesn't go right? You know, the controlling part of me was definitely coming back on my team. I was like on them. I was like, I need spreadsheets. I need schedules. And they were on it, you know? And it like, really just taught me like you can trust your team and you can trust people around you and you can let it go you know you don't have to you can let it be great just let it be great I think that's what I learned let things be great they're allowed to be great yeah and and it was just like the most life-changing experience and I just pray that God continues to use me so we can just we're gonna just make this bigger I mean there's just no going back now you know and now we're just seeing we're looking at next levels so yeah I love that I love that so much okay so I know that I told you I want to talk to you about God so like being a woman of God so like tell me like what's your relationship with God like have you always had it I was saying like I remember one time I was like going through something and you were just like speaking life over me the, through the voice memos on the chat. And I'm like, yes, girl, this is what I need to hear. Right now. What's, what's that? It's so funny. Have you always it's had so funny. My sister and my mom call me preacher Maddie now <laughs> because I just, when I do my prayers, like my, I'm always one who prays in the faith. Like I pray over the whole family and like, I'm going to praise in family dinners and things like that. And they're just like, where did you get this preacher thing you do? And I was like, I you're really past, don't know. You're like ministering, like just like speaking the word. That's just like really you're Like the Holy so, Spirit is just speaking through you. I try, I try. No, but um, okay. I have always believed in God. I've always believed there was something higher. Um, it's actually really funny because I am in an amazing, amazing relationship where I like love my boyfriend. I mean- my future hubby and we're in such a great relationship and he we started dating and he was actually somebody who doesn't really believe in the traditional like god you know and doesn't believe in you know but he believes that there's something higher he's just not sure and it was so funny because it was kind of i was first i was like god like 
why are you not play, like placing this like Christian man who wants to go to church with me every Sunday in my life? And you know, in that moment, I, I almost had doubts, but I could feel God being like, no, through the way you live and through who you are, you can talk about God all you want, but if you don't act like what God is and God is love, it doesn't matter. So my boyfriend, you know, believe it or not, has actually just made my mind grow so much. You know, I'm in a relationship where he completely respects that I believe in God. I listen to church and I go to church and he doesn't, but he believes that there's something higher. But even in that, he believes that there's something higher and he like never makes me feel judged. But even in that, it has allowed me to almost become closer to God because I just, I believe that that's a testimony on its own, you know, that I'm not sitting there pounding that you have to live this life a certain way. You know, I, I truly believe in my heart that God is love. Like God is love to the core. I don't believe that there's just like, Oh, this man and this thing. And I don't believe, you know, I think religion is something that, you know, as humans, we also did make, you know, our own. I, I believe that like God is the soul. God is love. God is pure. God is no judgment. God is just acceptance. You know, whatever that looks like. I don't even, you know, whether it's Buddhism, Hinduism, like whatever it is, I accept it and I love it. You know, it doesn't have to be my God. It can be whoever. So that's something that is like very big to me. Even when people just believe in energies or something higher. I believe that, I do believe that as humans, we should know that there is something higher than us. You know, Absolutely. that's just, that's just my personal preference. Whether that's a spirit, whatever you want to call it, I, I think that is really important. You know, I think it humbles us. Um, so I've always had that relationship with God. Um, my relationship with God grew tremendously when it was tested. Um, after I lost my brother so suddenly, I was angry. I was like, F this, God. Like, I was angry at God. I was like, if you are real, like, why would you do this to me? My brother was at the peak of his career. He's young. He's full of life. He never hurt anybody. Like, why would you do this to me? you know, and we just, it grew so much because I realized that God is, it's like a daughter father relationship. And we became very real with each other. You know, I could feel God like being like, listen, I know you're upset with me, but I promise you, you're the purpose of everything is going to come and it's going to come more. And I just started connecting to that. I was like, I'm mad, but like, there's something that's not letting me walk away. I don't want to be that angry girl that's mad at the world, you know? So I really started communicating with God. I journal every day and I talk to God every day and I communicate and I ask him what he wants. And that's how my brother used to get answers from God. And it's the craziest thing. It's always what we've done. And my relationship grew the most with God when I was tested, you know, and, and now I'm in a place where I truly believe that God is so good, that God loves us and that nothing that he puts us through is to hurt us ever you know, it's because your soul needs to elevate to the next level. We're all human beings living an experience in this life right now. And we get attachments where it's like, oh, you're my mom, my brother, my husband, my kids. Nobody is ours. Nobody, nothing and nobody is ours. We're all individual souls that come in this world to just live this experience and for our souls to go to the next level. So we go through good and we go through bad for our souls to go to the next level. And in this, this life, we all picked each other before we even came in. And this is just what I heavily believe in. And what God is putting us on is just for our soul to elevate. And once we understand that he's God in the universe only working for us, never against us, even when it feels like there's no way this is for me because I have been there firsthand where I was like, I thought about, I'm going to be really real with you. I thought about killing myself. I was like, there is nothing else for me to live for. My best friend is gone. What am I going to do? You know? I have been at the darkest of the dark, but 
I've been able to see lights and I knew it was there. I just couldn't see it. You know what I'm saying? And now it's just like my testimony of God and what God can do through me. I just, now the way I just used to live my life is every day I just pray and I just say, God, like, let me be a light and I'll take care of the rest. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's just how I choose to live my life. I just choose to give love, just give love and be a good person. That's what God is to me. And, and that's my relationship with him. And, and, and I just talk to him about everything. I talk to him like a friend. I'll be like, yo, what the hell was that? Like, yeah. that's yeah. not cool. Like, I really talk to God like a friend. Like, it's not like this, like, solo, sir. Yeah. Like, God, this is what I fucking want, bro. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? And then he'll respond to me and he'll be like, bro, like, chill. Like, that's not what we're going to do. You know, like, so we just have very real conversations and I just listen to him. And the more I just tune out, the ego, the more I can hear what he's saying to my soul, you know? For sure. Dude, a thousand percent I feel you on that. And that was really beautiful. So I feel like I have to say that was beautiful. Thank um, you. I don't want to just like brush over it. It's like that was really powerful what you said. And I feel like similarly, I've discovered how much like God is not like, he's not far away from me. He's not like, I have to like, look up, like sometimes I'm like worshiping and I'm like looking up and my hands are up and I'm like, girl, God is right in front of you. Like, you can just girl, God is with, yeah, he's right here. He's inside. Yeah, like, he's I don't, really I don't have to like go all the way up here. Like, and, and the reason I felt that is because he told me, like, I, I remember going to, to, um, to uh, St. Patrick's Cathedral one time here in New York city, it's like on Fifth Ave and I walked inside and I said, I don't know why I'm being super called to come in here. And I walked inside and I go all the way to the end. If you go straight across, like literally from the door entrance, but all the way to the end, there's this like big glass room where you can just, people just pray. And I was like there, like on this new Christian experience, because I've only been a Christian for three years. Like before that, I was completely lost. I didn't have any kind of faith and faith has grounded me. Faith has given me so much, like I've I yeah. had so many insecurities and so much chaos that I, I was born into. So I've had a lot of generational like chains of anxiety, like insecurity, chaos, like, you know, grandfather was like alcoholic, like family members, just like just a lot of generational chains and just like grew up in a very like abusive household. So I never knew what like kind of like love was and like, no, screw all that story. Like who cares? Like I'm not a victim of my life, but that's just like what I was walking yeah, yeah. into. And um, I just feel like, I never knew what God was until like recently. And I remember trying to figure this out. Like, how do I pray? Like, how do I, how do like, and church was like really intense for me. Like I would go and people would want to like put their hands on me and pray over me. And then my dad would be like, you have to be careful who prays over you. Not everybody gets to pray over you. Like they, if, if they're cleansed and I'd be like, this is a lot. Like the spirituality is a lot for me. And like my brother would be like, oh, so now you're a Christian. So like, do you not like gays? And it'd be like, what? No, like I love gays. I love everybody. Like, what are you talking yeah. about? Like, that's not all the yeah, like all these rules. It's like, it's like so limiting. And then it'd be like, you have to save yourself to marriage. I'm like, but I didn't wait. Did I do it wrong? Like, it's like all these like questions where now I'm like, but I still want to have sex with my boyfriend. Like, I love him. Can I have sex with him? Like, yeah. My mom would be like, do you think that that's what God is shaming you? I'm like, mom, I have to wait now. I'm a Christian. And she's like, honey, please just be a good fucking person. Have sex with your boyfriend. I'd be like, okay. I'm just, are you sure God's okay with that? Yeah. Masturbate. My mom would be like, <laughs> Why are you worried yeah. about the things you've never worried about? Like, you know, yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm being shamed at church, mom. And I'm trying to be a better Christian. And like, I don't know. It's like a yeah. lot of confusing stuff, right? So I go to church and I'm literally like, I put my knees down and I go, 
hey god i just wanted to talk to you and then he goes shut up and i'm like oh shit okay i literally heard him say just shut up he's like stop pretending like stop fucking pretending elizabeth like he's like i see you honey i know who you are you want to like have a relationship with me just talk to me stop yeah. to like be this like good holy christian He's like, yeah. he's like, you want to talk to me? He's like, he's, and I told him, I was like, I just want to be a vessel. Like, I just want to be a vessel. I want you to guide me. That day, I felt like I had smoked. I, had smoked smoke. I felt like I was so high. Like I was having a really intense spiritual experience by myself walking through New York. And this is literally like, I was like around episode four or five in my podcast at the time. And God tells me like, I'm walking with him. Literally, I'm walking with God in new york and he's telling me things he's like there's like i'm walking down fifth ave and he's like there's a bunch of stores he's like you see all these stores and i'm like yeah he's like don't ever be about those things he's like you know where i want your heart to lie i'm like where he's like these people you see that guy on the street that homeless talk to him right now and i'm like holy shit this is like a lot like this is really intense so i go and i sit on the floor dude i sit on the floor with this homeless guy and i'm just like god told me to talk to you I, so I start talking to this homeless guy and we just start vibing. We're just talking and he starts telling me that like, he's really confused. He's trying to like figure out his life. And I start kind of like, what? This is crazy. I start life coaching this guy. I'm like, look, if you just do, cause he's like, I just trying to get enough money so I can stay at this hotel. I was like, bro, don't even try doing that. Like that makes no sense. If you do it like this, it'll be more logical. And then you can make enough money and then you can like do this. So we're like, I was literally sitting on the floor with this homeless kid. He was young trying to like just strategize with him, like just being his friend. And then I told them, I'm like, can we like record a podcast? Like I'm doing like, it was weird. Cause it was like, I was kind of like doing like journaling at the time. Like it seemed like I was like being a reporter. So I just like pop out my phone. I'm like, yo, so can you be like a, a voice for the homeless? Like what's up? Like, and it was like, this, like <laughs> voice really for cool, yeah, it was like this cool ass like podcast where we're just like vibing and talking. And when we're done with the podcast, he tells me, he's like, he's like, you know, um, I, I go to him, he, I go to him, you know, God told me to talk to you. And he's like, that's so weird that you say that because I never pray, but today I prayed like to God to like, give me a sign. And crazy. he's like, and he talked to me and I'm like, what the, it was like a weird. Did you start bawling your eyes out? I would have been crying like a baby. No, it just reminded me that like, when, when I hear God, I don't like my, my, my impulse now is so crazily like quick. Like if I hear God's yeah. voice, I do it. I don't question it. I hear God's yeah. voice. I do it. And that's like also like a reason why in my relationship, I was in a relationship for four years and I, I had been hearing God's voice so loud telling you were ignoring to leave it because I was scared. And because I felt like, no, I have a bigger plan. God, like I, I hear you. You can, you can, you can guide me in every way, shape or form but don't touch this sacred thing that I discovered because I need to yes. to this because this person loves me and anyone in my life has ever loved me. And yeah. You're not going to take that away from me. Like he loves me more than like my, my own parents, at least. That's yeah. And like, you can't take that away from me. Like I will never find someone that loves me the way he does. And that's crazy with it because God was like, honey, trust me. And I'm like, I yeah. I'm like, I can't, I can't. And even when I did it the first time, when I ended the relationship the first time, 
God was like, okay, we are going to walk this path and I'm going to show you things. It's the first time I started seeing friends that were like series regulars. It's the first time I started seeing things like in a grander scale being like, okay, I see where you're trying to lead me, God. But back into my life and I was like, I'm running back. So I ran yeah. back to my relationship and God was like, I felt like he was disappointed. But at the same time, I felt like it's okay. Like you still haven't gotten to where I needed you to be. And now mm. I had my own apartment. I was like, God's like, okay, now. Yeah, now it's amazing. You now you leave the relationship because now you know that you have a home, you're stable. And it's hard because he was my best friend. Like, and I thought I was going to marry him and have kids with him and everything. But it's like, I, I'm sorry. I know that you don't see this. And this is like why I have to do this. But like, clearly God is telling me. And I, I don't know how yeah. to say that in a different kind of way. And it's hard, but I know that like, and I just did a post about this, like this trust thing where it's like, it's letting go, trusting God. And the fact that you said like these attachments, like people are attached to specific things. And because he gave me so much love and it's something I'm struggling with right now where it's like, okay, well, no guy is showing me love now. So what do I do? Like, what do yeah. I do? Because like, now you need to fill this void, honey. Because I am, I yeah. am full. <laughs> yeah, like, hello. Yeah. Like, it took away my man. Like. What do I do now? right but it's just what your soul needed mm -hmm. it definitely That's amazing. Yeah. but anyway i feel like we definitely gotta wrap it up now um yes. the last thing i wanna first off that was an incredible conversation the last thing i like to leave my audience with is if you can say one thing one thing to the audience and say like if they do this maybe one habit if they read this one book if they incorporate this ideal in their life what's like one thing you can like just say to people or it could be more than one thing. Like what's like something that you would say, do this. Damn. They're so, I don't know. Oh, oh my God. Okay. Um, stop doubting yourself so damn much. Just stop. <laughs> like stop. It's 2020. It's a new decade. Stop doubting yourself so much. There's some girl or guy out there with less of your talent doing what you want to be doing, taking the things you're doing because they believed in themselves. So stop. That's like my life mantra at this point. Um, yeah, I would say people to stop doubting themselves. I would tell them to remind themselves they're amazing every day. Like society makes you feel like, you, yes, be humble. I'm not saying walk around like, I am God's gift on earth. But wake up every day and hype yourself up. Like if you don't hype yourself up, who the hell is going to hype you up? Tell yourself you're great. Like, you're that, I look in the mirror, I'm like, you're that bitch, Mari. <laughs> like, <laughs> I literally tell myself that even when I'm scared, I'm like, it doesn't matter, I'm that bitch. Like, I just, that's my thing. I'll be like, I'm that bitch and God loves me, honey. So yes. I'm good. So I'm like, that's probably like the 2020 millennial version of what that probably should be. <laughs> but I, like, I'll literally be like, yo, God loves me. Like, I am like, I'm here for a reason. Know that everything that you are in this, like where you are right now is for a reason. Even your darkest of times, I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, I have been in the darkest of the darkest searching for the light and just asking because I knew one day I would see it again. I'm starting to see it. So it's like, even where you are, no matter how dark it is, like just know you're going to move forward. If you just gotta just keep on being a good person and like having faith and working hard and being a genuine heart God, man, God in the universe really does see everything. Everything comes back around. Karma is real. See, I might go on a spell. Like, karma is real. We're going to have a sermon. Person. <laughs> right? I'm going to take you to church. 
<laughs> right? And I really would tell people, like, I don't know, there's this bug that's, like, really changing my life right now. Like, it's just, like, really, really changing my life. Erica, what's the name of it? I cannot like, embrace my life. I'm like, I keep on forgetting the name. I read it every day, but I just reread it and reread it. I really think everybody should read Embrace by the Light. Like, just for all the listeners right now, just know that Erica's cooking and like just throwing pots everywhere. Yeah, don't mind that. That's the pots and pans are here. It's my <laughs> Erica's like, oh, you're recording a podcast? Here's one pot, here's another one. Yeah, it's true. She waited. She waited. She waited. It's true. She's like, all right, I'm going to let you finish, but we're going to eat this shrimp tonight. Um, No, but, yeah, like, so Embrace by the Light, that book is really, really changing my life, truly. And I think if I just tell my my followers, like, I mean, my followers, but, like, you know, anybody listening right now is, like I said, you know, stop doubting yourself, dude. Like, doubt is, doesn't matter if you don't do it right. Just do it. And do it with love. Do it with a real as hard don't do it for the hype don't do it for the clout that shit comes and goes i promise you be if you can go to sleep at night with every decision you made and know that you did that because you're serving your soul not your ego then you're just just keep on going the grind is real i feel it we all go through highs and lows but you just, just don't stop boss up you know what i mean like just boss up and and the lowest when you feel like you can't find that inner boss in you and find that like Thing that's gonna keep you going and, and just surrender man surrender to whatever you know let's not forget to surrender to what god and the universe wants to see us do because sometimes our plans man our visions are so small like compared to what god and the universe has for us like yeah. i never thought i would be you know wanting to produce i never thought i could be a content creator i never thought i could do so many things and god saw all those things and he loves me so much like he puts me through certain things so I can do them, you know? And, and that's you too for any listener that's listening to this. Like, God loves you. You're not alone. And there's so much more than what you're seeing right now. And I think anything that you're going through is just temporary. It's gonna, I promise you, even even the lows of the lows, it will pass. Like, you will get through it. So that's what I would say. Thank you for that. Oh, you, you inspired me, Maria. Thank you so much. Thank you. you. And... Thank you, Liz. That was an awesome episode. And there you guys have it. That was my episode with Maria. I hope you guys really enjoyed that. I know she definitely took me to church. That was so much fun. Um, Shout out to Erica Page, who did a little cameo in between. Pretty funny moment. I thought about editing it out, but I was like, no, this is so funny and so real and so raw, right? And that's what I want you guys to see. The dynamic of this is just like, being yourself, having conversations. That's why, you know, Maria and I talked a lot about creating content and for her, it's like, you know, she she, do- she dove into something she was passionate about and didn't even know what it was and allowed it to just become this discovery of something that she ended up becoming financially free from and now she can still pursue her acting career but she's still very passionate about creating content. And it's the same for me guys where I, I love my podcast. I create it, it's a, it's a labor of love truly. It's something that I enjoy doing it's a task like nonetheless of course like setting up the schedules getting the guests you know creating content to make sure it's always out on tuesday even when i'm like freaking out to get a guest or pumping it out editing it putting music you know that all is so time consuming but i'm so passionate about it because of the feedback that i get from people so i know that it's serving the world on a grander scale and then getting to have these kind of conversations that actually end up leaving me so inspired and getting to have conversations with people about things that 
I'm curious about, right? Like I get to sit down and pick their brain or build better relationships with guests that I would have not been able to reach had I not had this platform. So stop waiting for someone to give you a green light. Go out there, whatever it is, you know, I'm definitely signing up for a singing class. I just scheduled one, you know, getting back into dance and just doing the things that I love and not going for perfection, going for, for progress, going for enjoyment, going for fun, going for discovery, because truly life, your days are numbered. You never know when your time has come. And it, it would be such a shame to have lived, but never really lived, right? So go out there, make that move, take that risk and enjoy your life, guys. Always, always, always remember, keep on shining. You are beautiful. You are worthy. Share this podcast with a friend if you liked it. Tell them, hey, dude, if you're thinking about getting into content creating or I know you struggle with your faith or whatever, something in this podcast truly spoke to me and I know it will speak to you as well. Send it to a friend, leave a review, like it, subscribe, and I'll see you next Tuesday for another episode of Sharing Brighter with Liz. Keep on shining, friends.